This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Hello and welcome to the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I'm your host, Matt McClary. I'm going to be chatting with a fantastic Christian author today, all about the topic of why you're worth is not defined by how useful you feel. And I think this is a really important discussion to have. And of course, um, she's an author, so she's written a book all about it as well. Um, So we're going to be talking about that. Sit back, relax, or if you're jogging or doing the washing up or whatever it is you do while you listen to the podcast, um, just really tune in to to this discussion um, because I'm going to be speaking with the author Liz Carter today about why your worth is not defined by how useful you feel. So, hello Liz, how are you? Hi Matt, yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you, thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me. Um, can you give our listeners some background into why you wrote your book? And your book's called Valuable. Yep. Why your worth is not defined by how use how useful you feel. So what's the background to this book yeah um basically um i've had a chronic lung disease all my life um so i've grown up often feeling like i'm just not quite enough and um feeling like other people are more useful than i am and just looking around at everybody else feeling like i'm useless and and that feeling has just been exacerbated by a whole load of things in life in the world and in church actually feeling like I'm not quite enough and um, I really wanted to dig into the idea of value and what value is and how we are valuable in Christ are we valuable because of what we do or because of who we are or because of something else so that's really a sort of potted background of why I wrote it Mm, mm. and in the book you speak about this thing that you call the productivity lie. Mm-hmm. Now, what is this and, and why mm. do you think we believe it? Yeah, I think, yeah, there is a culture of comparison in the world today. Um, we just see it everywhere when we're scrolling through social media, um, when we're looking at adverts. Um, what we do is we look at other people and we think they are doing better than us. And then we see all these messages from the world around us saying, just do better, just try harder, be better at what you do and who you are. And um, I think that words can be really, words can wound, words are really, really vital. And a lot of words that have been said over us um, through our lives have been to do with that whole area of how much we do. And um, I think actually um, it can leak over into faith as well. And I think the the productivity lie can be a thing in churches as well. When we think about how much we do in churches and how much we maybe feel we have to earn God's love. Um, That pressure really to be a perfect Christian, to be better at what we do. When I was reading (laughs) your book, um, I was... (sighs) It kept coming. I kept circling around in my mind that, I mean, all the points you're making were really valid, um, and, and it was a beautiful. It's a beautiful book, and I really enjoyed it. But for me, 
I just kept thinking, yeah, this this is an identity issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is <clears throat> it. It's wrapped up in in identity and who in who we think we are, um, mm-hmm. and you know, um, I know some people who when they retire, they almost kind of hit this crisis in life because it's like well mm-hmm. who am i because yeah. i'm not what i do anymore and i mm-hmm. don't know what i don't know what you know how do i cope with this how how do mm-hmm. i define myself now that i can't say you know hello my name is so and so and i'm an architect or i'm a teacher yeah. or i'm a graphic designer or i'm a dog walker or whatever do you, do you think that it's it's part of the way that society so culture kind of tells us who we are because of what we do yeah i think you really see it because it's the first question um, lots of people ask isn't it when they meet you they say what do you do and um and that that just tells you that the most important thing about you is what you do and that's something i've mm. really struggled with because um there's been often times in my life when i feel like i don't do anything I've been housebound. Um, uh, had to give up my job in teaching um, because I couldn't. I couldn't manage it because of my disease, and and so I've really worked through all of that, feeling like my identity. What is my identity? Who am I if I don't? If I can't define it by what I do, um, and I think that even comes out actually in in some of that narrative you hear about um, those who who try harder deserve more. Um, you see it a sort of strivers and mm. skivers thing when it comes to benefits and things mm. like that. Um, and all of that is really, really entrenched in society. And I'd say a little bit in the mm. church as well. And it, in it, the whole identity thing is such a massive area in how we do find out who we are and um, how we dig into the Bible and find out who we are is, is really, really important. And yeah. Speaking of the Bible, mm-hmm. does the Bible show us how to live and be accepted without the need of being useful and have you got some examples of this yeah well um thinking about when paul wrote um um the words uh your power my my power is made perfect in weakness um so god's power is made perfect in weakness so that immediately tells us something about um where god is and where his kingdom is and that it's not in the power structures of the world and that that was so amazing actually in those times to write something like that and Paul's whole picture of the body of Christ of everyone being equal it was just so countercultural because in Roman times um, it was all about the power it was all about the person who was at the top of the tree and everybody else was serving them and they, they saw some people as being the weak and the shameful at the bottom and Paul's here saying no everybody's equal everybody's an equal member everybody's vital everybody's honored um and then we see that all through scripture i think so we see it in the people that god chose to partner with um and i think you know we the world would see these people as quite flawed as quite weak people like i know moses he had this stutter and um people like mary she was just you know a young girl from a from a nowhere village and you've got Rahab, who was like stuck in a life of prostitution. You've got all these people who'd be seen as weak and powerless and maybe even useless. And yet those are the people God God works with. So, yeah, I think you see it all through mm. scripture that that's what God's kingdom priority is. Yeah.
And when you start looking for it in scripture, it's amazing how when you start to see it um, and then you kind of try and balance it against this whole idea of I need to do more or mm-hmm. I, I, I value myself or my value is in what I do. Actually, mm-hmm. that's challenged by what you, you see in the mm-hmm. Bible. In the past, I have defined myself by what I do and try to balance that and, and trying to get my head in a different space um, can be quite challenging. And so when, you, when, when I've read the Bible in the past, it hasn't really registered that mm-hmm. this is what is, is intrinsic in these stories. Mm-hmm. And, and now kind of looking at them again, going, oh, yeah, actually, mm, that's it's challenging. Even Jesus, the way he chooses his disciples and he chooses people um, that the world would have discounted, you know, uh, just lowly fishermen, really, who didn't really have any learning, any training. And yet those are the people he gathers around him. And I think that speaks so much about what I call the upside down kingdom of God and where where Jesus is is really wanting to to reach out to people. You talk about this this phrase that is used in church quite a lot about saying god can use you mm-hmm. god can you know you can be used by god mm-hmm. um or even even when we're praying asking god to use us because it's so normal and so prevalent it it, it seems and sounds so natural and normal why wouldn't you ask god but you you you, you produce quite a compelling argument in the book um so can you just explain a little bit about what Mm. what you have against this phrase um (laughs) of of god can use you yeah um well i think the first thing to say is that we do mean that phrase for good and we've always used it to to build up one another um and to say yeah god god is working in us it's a great thing um but actually i think just that phrase god can use you just speaks into that whole area of um, our identity and our productivity and that productivity lie that we were talking about that we are defined by our usefulness and we're using that word use us but I think the really important thing to look at there is the phrase um, somebody can use somebody else and when you use that in the world when you look at that phrase you talk about that guy used that woman um, if you think about it do you use that in a positive way do you mean that in a positive way and generally, you wouldn't mean that in a positive way. You'd think that um, that guy was using her for something for his own ends and um, then discarding her. And and yet we're, we're, we're talking about God. And it just seems to me to be a bit incongruent. And um, if you think about actually the synonyms for the word use, it's things like um, expend. It's things like manipulate, exploit those sort of things and those to me are not words that we want to be using about God's work in us and about our relationship with God and I think I just think the words are so powerful and I I think they're really important and we really need to look at the origin of these words and think about how how we should be phrasing things especially to the ears of people who perhaps aren't used to that kind of Christianese language and would think Mm. well I was just going to say yeah that that um, especially if you're hoping to reach people from outside the church or people sort of coming into the church for the first time. Um, mm. I know lots of words. I try and if I use them when I'm, I'm leading a church service or something, I will try and explain what that word 
means. I don't know, like I don't know, sanctification or even salvation, even sin. I mean, there's lots of people that don't understand what that means. Um, so, so trying to use language that people can actually understand mm. and relate to, as you say, not this Christianese kind of Christian yeah. language yeah. that we, we sort of trot out um, <laughs> and no one else really knows what we're going on about. Yeah, um, exactly. And yeah, I think you're right. This is, this is part of that sort of Christianese and, and trying to find different words mm. um, to say the same thing. So yeah. what can we say instead? Yeah, I think this is what's what's really interesting, actually, um, is that looking through scripture, that phrase, God can use you, is not something that you see in scripture, even though we think it must be because we've always used it. But there's just not that instance of the, the verb to use with a person as its object in scripture. So um, what I did was looked um, more closely at the sort of phrases that were used in scripture to describe God's work in and with and through people um, and I found things like in um, uh, Philippians Philippians 1 um, Paul talks about partnership in the gospel so I just thought that phrase to partner with God and God to partner with us but I think a really good one to describe it is when jo Jesus in John 15 talks about the vine and its branches um, and he talks about how joining and remaining and how when we join to the vine, um, Jesus joins with us and remains with us. So I just think that's a really positive picture of, of fruitfulness in God, not usefulness in God, and um, how Jesus joins with us, but also abides with us and remains with us. Um, and then I also think um, Paul talks about how we're co-workers with God. Uh, that's in 2 Corinthians. Um, I think that's a really positive language choice as well. So I think instead of saying God can use us, it seems much more positive to me to say God joins with us. Uh, we are co-workers with God. So that's just mm. a few. Yeah. Really good, really interesting. And if you're interested by this topic and you want to dig down into it further, do check out Liz Carter's book, Valuable. Um, you won't be disappointed. Um, so you share some insightful stories of real life examples in your book of people who are not healed or are not whole. Yeah, just how they treated a second-class mm -hmm. Christian sometimes mm -hmm. because they're not useful or they're not healed or they're not whole. Mm -hmm. um, do you think someone needs to be healed mm -hmm. in order for God to value them and to work through their lives? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I just remember this one time um, that somebody was praying for me um, for healing and they said the words, um, God, please heal Liz so she can be useful again. And that kind of language just goes deep. Um, I've also told a story in a book about a friend of mine who is deaf and she was told similar words when she was prayed for and she wasn't healed, that God couldn't use her if she was deaf. And those words are just crushing and wrong. Um, and I think that if, yeah, if you look into scripture again, you know, you don't see those instances of everybody being made whole all the time. You definitely see Jesus healing people and signs of the kingdom and you still see that today. But look at Paul and the way he talks about his hardships and the way he's always, you know, he's uh, in prison, He's um, under threat of execution. He's shipwrecked. All of those different things persecuted. Um, and then he talks about thorn in his side. 
So it's really evident to me that um, we need to think about wholeness in a different way. Wholeness is not being perfectly healed and everything being sorted out now, but as something different, perhaps something on a more spiritual level. We still see God healing. I really believe that. But actually, I don't think that, that God has to heal us to be for us to be useful to him. And I think that God works with us in our infirmities, in our frailty. And I think that actually that, that God's power is made perfect in weakness is really more evident there as well, that it is true that his power is um, more evident, I think, in that frailty. So that's what I've experienced. Yeah. So in your opinion, then, how can we make church um, a more welcoming place? For broken people or, or people who mm. aren't healed mm. well i think it's just um putting that whole picture of the body of christ into actual practice and i think it's recognizing that we don't always do that actually and that you do see um, instances of churches where the more useful people seem to be the more honored people and that's really sad um I was reading about a, a mega church in the States where the first two rows of the church were reserved for the VIPs. And for me, that just seemed to be so against that whole upside down kingdom of God, you know, where, where the weak are honoured, where the first are last and last are first. Um, so I think it's just how do we put that into 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 action? Um, I think it's being really intentional about it, actually. So. In our church, we've got intentional vision state vision statements about um, reaching out and honouring all and including all, and making sure that we do that and reviewing that and having that kind of accountability process. So, it's not just about saying nice words and saying, "Oh, we welcome everybody and um, we love everybody," but it's about being really intentional about it. So, yeah, I think that that's it's just really vital for every church to review that and think about how we do it and have that culture. Mm. Yeah, mm, really useful. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. In a moment, we will be coming back to speak with the author Liz Carter about her book, Valuable, and also finding out a little bit more about her life um, and her faith. So do stay tuned and we'll be back after these. Hi, I'm author Matt McClary. Standing in the Storm is my story of living with faith and cancer in 2016. Packed full of hope, this book will make you laugh and cry. But more importantly, it will help to turn your heart towards Jesus and give you the strength to stand within whatever storm you may be facing. Standing in the Storm, Living with Faith and Cancer is available wherever good books are sold. Get your copy today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Welcome back to the Christian Book Blurb. I'm speaking with the author Liz Carter about her book, Valuable, Why Your Worth Is Not Defined by How Useful You Feel. Now, before the break, we spoke quite a bit about some of the content covered in Liz's book, which um, is really well written and has, has spoken to me in my life um, as well. Um, but one of the things we like to do, Liz, here on the podcast is to find out who our authors are. What is life like for our authors behind the pages? Um, 
So let's just ask a few questions. Um, do you have any hobbies or, or are you able to do things for fun? What, what, what do you enjoy? <laughs> Well, uh, my secret is that I like video gaming, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's it's basically because I've had to um, find some things that that I can actually do. So I'd really like to be out there having adventures um, physically and things like that. You know, <laughs> going skiing and whatever else. But physically, <laughs> I'm quite you know obviously yeah. um, limited. So I've discovered a love so, of video games. <laughs> What's your console of choice? So I like my Nintendo Switch, and uh, I like the, ah, the Le- Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Okay, and I, uh, okay. my favorite game is Great. the Legend of Zelda. So yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yes. My so. my wife plays that one actually. Oh, does she? I, I remember oh, having right. a go at it on the old days. I think it was the first version on the yeah. Nintendo Wii. You know, where you have to wave Excellent. your arms about and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was really good at doing the fishing. I remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a fun bit. But yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Zelda. And then I just oh, love um, I love reading and uh, watching TV and films and things like that. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Have you got any favourite foods? Um, so I really like Indian food. So yeah, my favourite uh, meal out would definitely be a curry house. Yeah. And really, really hot and spicy, or kind of more. Oh mild? no, more kind of medium. I can't, I can't manage the medium. really hot stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brilliant. My, my my daughters love going to the Indian, but I think the mm-hmm. highlight for them is eating the poppadoms. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> they don't bit, really yeah. care for the, the actual food, but they, oh. want, they want the poppadoms and all the sauces. Yeah. That That's the fun bit for them. So have you got anything coming up soon? Are you working on another book? Um, or have you got an idea bubbling away in the background? What, what can you tell us about? Okay, well, I, I have got a vague idea for my next kind of Christian nonfiction book, but it's it's gonna be a long time in the in the thinking about it. But what I'm concentrating on now is actually um my first fiction novel. Oh, uh, so I haven't yeah, so I haven't um I haven't done anything in that way yet. Um but I've written a well, I've written two books of a of a trilogy, dystopian kind of future trilogy. Um and so I'm bringing that out in the later in the year. Um, with a publishing collective called Resolute Books. So that's really exciting. That's my, my next thing, really. Mm, exciting. And have we got titles for those? What, what are they called? Oh, so the first one is called um, Repression Ground. So it's it's really, actually, a lot of it is about the sort of stuff we've been talking about, about productivity and um, uselessness and how, how the world moves on into a, a state of being where your usefulness is, is what defines you and what is really important and if you're useless then you're discarded so it's that kind of thing <laughs> mm, okay oh look out for those that, that sounds interesting um and where can we find you on social media have you got websites um are you on facebook that kind of thing if people want to buy your books where yeah. do they go yeah if you look for my website it's it's um look for liz carter great adventure um google that that will come up and um my facebook and instagram are um, great adventure liz um, so you can find me there. Yeah. 
That's great. And I imagine there's links to all your books and things. Um, there is, yes. Yeah. You can find on the website and stuff. Mm. Great. Um, and just for our listeners, we're also going to be posting um, a link to Liz's website in the show notes of this episode. So do click over there um, and go and check everything out. So that just leaves you to say thank you so much, Liz. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us today. It's been great chatting with you. Um, and yeah. I've learned even more from chatting with you, even after reading your book. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much, Matt. And thank you for listening as well. Um, I do hope that you'll join us again for another episode of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. They come out twice a month. So there'll be another one coming your way really soon where I'll be chatting with another Christian author about their books, their life and their faith. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.